Jesus Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. And I just want to give a shout out and a welcome to all of you who are joining us online this morning. Those of you who may be joining us for the first time and, and those that may be a part of another community of faith but are just checking us out, we just want to say welcome. Thank you. And our prayer is that God will continue to move in your life and then use you to change this world. Will you, will you just pray with me as we give thanks to this God? Oh God, we just want to thank you for being our provider during this time period. Some of us may, 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 may be a little bit in need of some provision and so we're asking, please, please provide. God, we, we thank you for being our protector. Thank you for protecting us and our families during this time period. And for those of us who, who have someone in our life who, who is sick, God, we're just asking that you, that you heal them. And, and our hearts mourn over the loss of some of us who have lost someone during this time period. Mm. God, please move in our land and in our world, God. We thank you for being our shepherd. We thank you for being our God. God, we need all of you right here, right now. So please, God, move. Oh, God, may, 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 may people, more and more, millions of people come to know you, start to follow you, go all in with you during this time period so that we can usher in your kingdom here on earth. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray and ask, amen. For maybe, and I'm not sure, and you'll see why, but I think I'm making a pretty good guess here. For maybe 18 years of his first 30 years, the one whose voice crafted the universe, handcrafted furniture with his, with his hands, and he was really good at what he did, no crooked table legs ever came out of this carpenter shop in Nazareth. But Jesus was way more than a master carpenter. Jesus was God in the flesh. Jesus was God incognito. His miraculous powers were, were history's best kept secret for nearly three decades. But that all changed the day that water blushed. And I know those of you who live in Yamhill County will, will get why I use that word. Again, that all changed the day that water blushed in the face of its creator. That was the day that the, the woodbender revealed himself as the waterbender. Jesus changed the molecular structure of water and turned it into wine, about 120 to 180 gallons worth, or 600 to 900 bottles worth. And, and nothing but the best, according to the head waiter. I mean, this wasn't just wine. This was, mmm, this was fine wine. 34 distinct miracles are recorded in the four Gospels. And, and many more went unrecorded. The Gospel of John spotlights seven miracles unveiling seven dimensions of Jesus's miraculous power, of Jesus making the impossible possible. In John chapter 2, the miracles, that is, Jesus making the impossible possible, begin with Jesus turning water into wine, revealing Jesus's authority over the molecular structure of things. 
In John chapter 4, Jesus heals a nobleman's son long distance, revealing Jesus' authority over a latitude and longitude. In, in John chapter 5, Jesus shows his mastery over chronology, where he, he, he turns back the clock. He, he basically changes and, and, and reworks 38 years of pain and suffering by healing a man who was a paralytic for 38 years. In John chapter 6, Jesus feeds 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish, revealing that Jesus can take a little and, and produce a lot. Nothing's really impossible for him. His, his encore in that chapter was waltzing across the waves of the Sea of Galilee and then calming the storm, revealing Jesus' authority even over nature. And then in John chapter 9, Jesus heals a blind man. He restores sight to a man who was blind since he was born. Mm. Revealing the fact that no matter how we may be born, challenging this concept that, well, I'm just born this way. No, Jesus, Jesus can make that impossible possible. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus can recreate you the way God intended for you to be created. And then when we think we've seen it all, in John chapter 11, Jesus changes, Jesus changes a tomb into a waiting room. Lazarus had been dead for four days before Jesus calls him out of that tomb. This miracle foreshadows Jesus' own death and resurrection. These seven miracles in John are, are seven signs, all of which point straight to Jesus. So, so let me just give you a word of wisdom. Don't seek miracles Seek Jesus. If you follow Jesus long enough and far enough, you're going to find yourself in the middle of some of these Jesus miracles where Jesus makes the impossible possible. We all want to see and we all want to experience a miracle, right? Come on, by a show of hands. We all want to, yeah, we all want to experience a miracle. But, but <clears throat> here's the catch. No one wants to be in a situation that requires a miracle, right? But you can't have one without the other. The prerequisite for a miracle is a problem. And the bigger the problem, the greater the potential for God to do a miracle. If the wedding party at Cana hadn't run out of wine, then Jesus wouldn't have needed to do what Jesus did, right? What the bride and the groom viewed as a problem it was just an opportunity for God to reveal God's glory. And nothing has changed since Jesus turned water into wine, since Jesus has made the lame walk, since Jesus restored sight to the blind, and since Jesus walked out of his tomb under his own power three days after his resurrection. My friends, Jesus is the God who can make your impossible possible. Do you believe this? My first, 
My first movie memory was the 1978 version of Superman starring Christopher Reeve. Superman's heartthrob Lois Lane was, was traveling in a car in the desert of, of Nevada when a crevice caused by an earthquake swallowed her. And Superman, Superman couldn't get there in time to save her because Superman was constructing a, a, dam, out, a dam out of boulders to, to, to really address a, a, a leak and a flood, to stop a flood really from ruining a town caused by a, a breach in the, in the Hoover Dam. When, when Superman realized that, that Lois Lane was dead, Superman became super angry. And Superman began to to fly around at supersonic speed our earth and reverse its rotation, thereby, in theory anyway, turning back time. Now, I know that this scene in the movie is suspect from a scientific perspective, but it's still a cool concept, don't you think? I mean, come on. Don't you wish at times that we could turn back time? especially after we said or did something that we wish we never would have said or did. The problem, of course, is that the arrow of time only points in one direction, forward. What's done is done. Some things in life are irreversible. You can't unbake cookies. You can't uncut hair. You can't uneat that sleeve of Oreos that you ate in one setting while watching Netflix while being homebound. Come on, somebody. You can't, you can't unrun the red lights. You can't unspeed. No police officer is going to let you redo that. These are some of the life lessons that I've learned the hard way. And some of these lessons we can kind of laugh off after a little bit of embarrassment. Then there are those irreversible moments, though, that leave a hole in our hearts. Like realizing that we can never, ever mend this broken relationship as we stand at the end of that casket. Realizing the day after that we can never, ever get our virginity back. If you've ever been on the receiving end of divorce papers, if you've ever been on the receiving end of that frantic call in the middle of the night, if you've ever been on the receiving end of, of lab results that your doctor has called you to tell you about that has confirmed your worst fears, then you know this feeling all too well. It feels like your life is over. But it's not over until God says it's over. When Jesus walked out of that tomb under his own power three days after his, his crucifixion, the word impossible was removed from our vocabulary. And so I think it's so important for us, us to view the resurrection of Jesus Christ as not something we just celebrate once a year on Resurrection Sunday. Jesus making the impossible possible is something that we can celebrate and experience every day in every way. And this, this seventh miracle of Jesus, as recorded in the Gospel of John, I think reveals Jesus' full identity 
Not only is Jesus the, the, the wine maker or the water walker or the sight restorer or the disease healer as impressive as those miracles are, Jesus is the grave destroyer. And he, and he, and he holds his, his most boldest claim in, in, until last. And he makes his most boldest claim here in, 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 in John chapter 11 as he's interacting with Martha. And before I read these, these verses to you, let me set the scene in John chapter 11. Jesus gets word that his friend, Lazarus, and Lazarus has two sisters, Mary and Martha. Jesus gets word that, that Lazarus is dying. And Jesus is in some other town with his disciples. Instead of leaving immediately, Jesus decides to stay where he is for two days. Lazarus dies. By the time that Jesus makes his way to the village where, Je- where Lazarus had lived, He's already dead. His sister Martha, when she learns that Jesus is coming and is almost there, she comes out of the village to meet Jesus. And, and she says to Jesus, and I don't know, we can't tell the tone that she says, the way that she says this to Jesus, but we know her words. She says, Jesus, if you would have been here, my brother would still be alive. And then Jesus says this to Martha, as recorded in John chapter 11, verse 23. Your brother will rise again. Mary answered, verse 24, I I know he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. So so Mary's like, yeah, okay, I hear you, Jesus. And I know eventually, you know, when God comes back, he's going to be resurrected. And then Jesus says this to her in verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, and there's that, there's that phrase again that I hope now is embedded in your mind. Because every time we read in John, I can't help but tell you what it means. Pistu ice, it's, it's a motion forward. It's a, it's a motion into something. And in this context, it means entrusting our entire being to Jesus. So those who, who do that, those who give Jesus their complete allegiance, those who believe in me, Jesus says, will live. And we're talking live spiritually here. Even though they die, that is die physically. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? It's that unique claim that sets Jesus apart and puts Jesus in his own category. When Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life, like I am the Messiah, I am the Son of God. Hear me on this. The foundation of the Christian faith is not based on some foundation of philosophy or some moral code of ethics. The foundation of Christianity, the foundation of our faith, is really based on one fundamental fact. The empty tomb. After overcoming the power of death by calling Lazarus out of Lazarus' tomb, Jesus then walks out of his own tomb under his own power three days after his crucifixion. My friends, that really is the ultimate apologetic. There really is no argument against that. Except, well, except for unbelief. And if Jesus was not resurrected, if it didn't happen, Christianity is history's cruelest hoax. 
I mean, we're not just wasting our time worshiping Jesus. We're living a lie. But if Jesus walked out of his tomb under his own power three days after his crucifixion, then all bets are off. Or maybe I should say it this way. If Jesus walked out of his own tomb under his own power three days after his crucifixion, three days after his death, then all bets are on Jesus. And I can't help but saying this now. Are you with me? There was an uh, article, in, an interview in Rolling Stone magazine, and I'm not sure if you guys know Rolling Stone magazine or ever got Rolling Stone magazine, but there was this interview in Rolling Stone uh, ma- magazine a while back uh, where, where the U2 frontman, you know Bono, was asked a question about his opinions about Jesus, and, and they asked him his opinions about, about Jesus by asking this question, and I want to read this question to you. The question is this. Christ has his rank among the world's greatest thinkers. But son of God, isn't that far-fetched? The lead singer of U2, Bono, and, and at this point in time, the global crusader against poverty, he responds this way. And I want to read you his response because it's powerful. Bono says this, no, it's not far-fetched to me. Look, the secular response to the Christ story always goes like this. He was a great prophet who had a lot to say along the lines of other great prophets, be they Elijah or Muhammad or Buddha or Confucius. But actually, Christ doesn't allow you that. He doesn't let you off the hook. Christ says, no, I'm not saying I'm a teacher. Don't call me a teacher. I'm not saying I'm a prophet. I'm saying I am the Messiah. I'm saying I am God incarnate. And people say, no, 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 please just be a prophet, a prophet we can take. So what you're left with is either Christ was who he said he was, the Messiah, or a complete nutcase. While most of us have no issue with accepting Jesus as a compassionate healer or as a wise teacher or even as a religious prophet, that's not who Jesus claimed to be. Jesus claimed to be the son of God. As C.S. Lewis famously observed, Jesus is either a liar, a lunatic, or who he said he is, Lord. There is no middle ground, my friends. Either Jesus is Lord of all, or Jesus is not Lord at all. So which is it? Which is it for you? That one decision will determine your eternal destiny. That one decision can make your impossible. What does that mean? Well, my impossible was that I was a lying, cheating, stealing, blankety-blank lawyer. Living a me, myself, and I life. I don't know what your impossible is, but whatever your impossible was, that we were just messed up from a sin perspective, Your impossible can be made possible through the resurrecting power of Jesus Christ. Why? Because Jesus Christ can resurrect anything. Jesus Christ can resurrect anybody, including you and me. Do you believe this? After asserting his identity, 
as he's interacting with Martha as the resurrection and the life, as we've read in, in John chapter 11, verse 26, Jesus then pops a point-blank question to Martha at the end of that verse, which would define her life. And the question again is this, do you believe this? Remember, at this point in time, Lazarus was still dead. He hadn't walked out of the tomb yet. And yet Martha responds with this simple statement of faith. Verse 27, we're told this. Yes, Lord, she replied, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. One little yes can change your life. One little yes can change your eternal destiny. The litmus test is the same as it was then. There's only one question on, on God's final exam, and it's this. Do you believe this? It's not a multiple choice question. It's a yes-no question, and it's an open book exam. And the Apostle Paul reveals the correct answer for us in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. And this is what the Apostle Paul says. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and, and that and is a big and, because Jesus had said back in Matthew, the end of his Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 7, that there may be many who say, Lord, Lord, to me on that great final day, and I will say, I never knew you. Why? Because Jesus says, only he who does, only he who does will enter the kingdom of heaven. So it's words and actions in complete alignment. So let me read Romans 10 again, beginning in verse 9. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in, there's that phrase there, that is, entrust your entire being to Jesus, give Jesus your complete allegiance, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your hearts, because the heart controls how we live, right? And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Again, words and actions in complete alignment. This, this is the most important question that you will ever answer. This is that one decision that will, that will determine your eternal destiny and, and we often don't think about this, and determine your quality of life on this earth. And so the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and I like to think of it this way, is really the axis around which our faith revolves. When Jesus rose from the dead, he radically changed our reality. Jesus' resurrection was the history changer. It was the game changer. And so I, I, I think the key then is learning to live as if Jesus was crucified yesterday, rose from the dead today, and is coming back tomorrow. Why? Why live with that mentality? Because when we do, when we live this way, we can celebrate and we can experience Jesus's resurrection power in every way, in every day. You see, 
miraculous things, resurrection miracles, Jesus making the impossible possible have no limits. They have no boundaries. They can apply to any situation, any circumstance, any, anybody. For example, God. God is the God who raises dreams from the dead. You know, those dreams that God has given to us, put in our heart, and some of us have buried them. Some of us have allowed the evil one to, to keep them down, to think that it could never happen. I'm here to tell you today, and I can name person after person after person who has allowed God to resurrect that dream that God has given to them. So, so now they're a teacher, or now they're a nurse, or now they're an electrician, or now they're a missionary. And they're looking at their life through a God lens of how can I bring healing and restoration to this world by this dream that God has given to me. Oh, my friends, God also is the God who resurrects relationships from the dead. Oh, I can talk about couple after couple after couple who have experienced God's resurrecting power. And now, now they're making sweet music together. Now they're reflecting God's image together to their kids, to their family, to their friend groups. God is using them to make this world a more godly place. And oh, my friends, hear me on this. No matter what part of you, no matter what part of you has died, as a result of some kind of sin, whether it's sin that you have committed and that's put you in a dark place in some kind of a life pit, or whether it's, it's the kind of sin that has been done to you and that's put you in a, in a very bad, very bad place, no matter, hear me on this, no matter what, no matter what part of you has died as the result of some kind of sin, the grave destroyer came back to give you your life back so that you can have a fresh start in life with new hope, new meaning, new purpose. You want some hardcore example of that? Well, just a few months ago, we heard from Natasha Warden in our Grace is Greater series how dead she was. She was in a place that she never thought she would be. And God raised her spirit from the dead. And now she's out there making this world a more godly place. You want another one? Remember Rhonda English standing up here talking about that decision that she made that she wished she never would have made. And it took her down into a life pit that she never thought she could get out of. But God resurrected her spirit. And now she's given hope to other people. Now there is a better way. My friends... The grave destroyer takes back that which the evil one has stolen, your life. And he, Jesus Christ, he gives you your life back with interest. Do you believe this? Do you? If you want some more examples, I'm going to show you this video of people, people that, people that you may know who are in a pit who are living in, in an impossible situation. But this God, this God made their impossible possible. This God resurrected them because this is a God of miracles. Do you believe this? Watch 
watch this video. Yeah. 
the God of miracles. You believe that like these people that you saw on this video. If you give Jesus a chance like they did, oh man, Jesus, Jesus is going to give you a second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, a hundredth chance while we're still living and breathing on this earth. Oh, Jesus will give you your life back. Jesus will give you your laugh back your smile back. And when Jesus gives you your life back, he will give you new hope, new meaning, new purpose. Oh, he'll give you a role to play in God's story of bringing healing and restoration to this peop- to the people in this world so that you can live a God-fulfilled life, so that you can live in your sweet spot. Do you believe this? Do you believe that Jesus can make your impossible possible? Do you believe that if you believe in Jesus, if you entrust your entire being to Jesus, if you give Jesus your complete allegiance, do you believe that he can give you life, life to the full while here on earth in life ever after when we physically die? Do you believe? this. If you do, if you want some of that, then today, make today the day that you actually believe in Jesus, where you just say, here I am, God, I'm giving you my everything. Will you bow your head and close your eyes with me and pray along? Make this your prayer. Oh God, we come to you as as your creations. God, some of us have been dabbling around for a long time. Some of us, we may never even contemplated the question of following you. But today we hear you calling. You're saying, come follow me. And today we want to make that decision to follow you, to believe in you, to entrust our entire being to you. Not just, not just to say we believe in you with our, with our words, but... We want to say we believe in you and in our everything. We want to give you our complete allegiance so that you dictate how we live and how we interact. And there may be some of us who have just been coming to church like I did for a long time, just church attendees, and we're just living a lie. 
Man, if you're living a lie today, I want to give you that opportunity to stop living that way. To go all in, to say, I believe in you, Jesus. I entrust my entire being to you, Jesus. Do you want to do that? Tell them. Oh, God, we know you're listening. So we're saying it. We believe in you. We entrust our entire being to you this day, April 12, 2020. We want to experience this full life that you have, you have created us to live right here, right now in the physical. And God, we want to spend eternity with you in the spiritual. So God, please make it happen. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us. Give us the strength and the power to be who you have called us to be because we believe that you are the God of miracles. We believe that you are the God who makes the impossible possible. And so we want to live in that right here, right now, today, in the next, in the next. So have your way and move. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray and ask, amen. Thank you so much for joining with us today. And and if, if you made a decision to follow Jesus, to go all in, I wanna ask a favor of you. Could you just send us an email, info at hillchurch.com, because I want to follow up with you. I, I want to send you a book called Fresh Start that you can read that will get you on this journey. And then I want to invite you to get into to a small group with us. And I know I won't be able to meet with you in person, but me or someone on our team can at least talk with you or maybe Zoom with you. And we just want to set you up well if you will let us do that. So please send us an email, info at hillchurch.com. Next week, we're going to start a new series called Life Plan. Why not? We have a lot to think about, and I'm sure that we've all been contemplating life from various perspectives. I know for me, at one point in time in my life, I I began asking, hey, what kind of legacy am I really leaving? And as I thought about that question, I started to think that, well, my destiny is really gonna determine the legacy that I, that I leave. And so then I had to ask the question, where am I headed in life? And that caused me to think about life differently with more intentionality and I began to develop this life plan in every area of my life. And I want to, I want to invite you to join me on this journey. It's gonna be a very practical series and, and I wanna encourage you to invite your friends that aren't following God yet because we're gonna come to each one of these issues over six weeks from a, from a non-Christian perspective, from someone who isn't following God yet perspective. And I wanna ask the question that way. So invite your friends, maybe have a watch party, but please join me. Give me six Sundays of your life. And, and I just have this funny feeling, if you do, God will change your life in ways that you never thought possible. May God's protection, may God's blessing, may God's favor be all over you. Kristen and I just wanna tell you this morning that we love you. We look forward to seeing you soon. Peace out.